Oh, can I have the other mic? Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for coming to church today. Again. Is there lighting here, like this light? I think I might need glasses. But um, I got scared one time because they say, you know, once you start glasses, uh, using glasses, then you have to use, like, stronger uh, prescriptions um, sooner or later. So I'm like, oh, man, eventually I have to, but I do my best. So feel blessed today if you are here. Um, I want to speak on the subject of priorities today. And I want to speak a little bit about time management. And um, I was very excited uh, yesterday, just a little testimony, like a praise report. I'm working on getting my certification as a life coach because it's a, it's a passion that I have had, you know, for many years to be a life coach. I am very passionate about leadership and personal development. And yesterday, um, Saturdays are usually a day, you know, that I take for me. I go and play soccer because, of course, you know, if you're a Christian man, you play soccer. Uh, and then I went to Starbucks and I had my books. And usually when I want to interact with people, I usually bring a book that looks attractive, depending on the type of conversation I want to have. So one time I brought this book that said, uh, had the big words right here that says credibility, how people win it and how people lose it. And when I take my cup of coffee, of course, you know, I put the book like that and I sit down in, in the first chair where everybody can see the book. And, and I'm just reading another book and that's how I get people to talk to me. So yesterday, actually, you know, that, that day, uh, this uh, young professional lady came to me and she said, I like that book. What does it talk about? So we started a conversation. That was like five years ago. And up to this day, we're still friends. Um, but yesterday, you know, I was in a local Starbucks and I had all my books, you know, on life coaching. I had, you know, my Bible and, and reading, you know. And uh, I noticed, you know, that a lot of people were passing by, you know, they were looking at my book and everybody was getting their coffee. So this girl comes into the Starbucks, she gets her coffee, and, um, and she introduced herself. And she said, hi, my name is this, and what's your name? And I said, Franklin. Oh, I see that you're, uh, are you a life coach? And I said, yes. And um, she asked me, can I borrow your phone? I need to call my boyfriend because we're going to meet out here. So she called her boyfriend, and then once she hung up, um, during the phone call, she was saying, I love you. And I wouldn't hear, you know, because the volume was a little high. And I love you, okay? I said I love you. And she just smiled at me and she hung up and she said, you know what? My life is a mess. I have made so many wrong decisions in my life, so many bad choices. Um, I don't know what to do. I quit school. I don't have a career. I don't know where I'm heading in life. Um, and I said, you know what, um, I work, my type of job is helping people discover their dreams and their goals in life. So if you ever want to, you can talk to me, I get for my phone number. 20 minutes after that, you know, she left and another young girl, you know, well, she wasn't young. She was like, well, yeah, 30 years old, no offense. Um, but she stopped, she just stopped at my table and she said, 
do you have time to listen to my life story? Look at her and I said, yes. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty nice. But that made me think, you know, about priorities. How, um, where are your priorities? And I want to make this message in this next 20 minutes about the question, what are your priorities? And, um, but there's one more important question within that question is, have you ever asked God to help you set your priorities? And as I share this message, I want to share with you what my priorities are. And I pray that as I share with you how I work my priorities, that you also think today and you leave this church today thinking about how you need to set up your priorities and where your priorities are. Because when you have your priorities in order, many other things in your life fall into place. It's about having balance in your life. But balance comes from having the right priorities in your heart, in your life, and in everything you do. So I want us to pray. And then we're going to read from the scriptures from uh, Exodus chapter 18, verse 13 to 18. But I want you to pray with me today. Father God, I thank you again, Lord God, for my group of friends today. Everybody, Lord God, uh, comes from a different walk in life. Some of us are trying to start businesses. Some people, Lord God, are at the end of their careers. Some people are looking for another career. Some people, Lord God, uh, in their families, they're going to different seasons in their life. And I pray today, Lord God, that as we read the word of God, that we will be able not just set our priorities straight and have priorities if we don't have them or if we're not clear what our priorities are. But I also pray that each of us will ask you the question, God, what are the priorities that you want me to have in my life? I pray, Lord God, that you will help us, bless us, and help us grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So um, I want to share with you a little bit about my priorities today. And I hope that, you know, during the message that you can also think about your priorities. And I want to take you to the book of Exodus, chapter 18. And uh, by the way, this is... Uh, maybe the chapter that I enjoyed the most in the Old Testament. The reason being is because uh, chapter 18 talks about the importance of having a mentor, the importance of having a life coach in your life, the importance of having a pastor in your life. And let me tell you, each one of us, we should have a pastor in our life, we should have a mentor in our life, no matter how old you are. We should have a life coach in our life, and you should have a counselor in your life that you could go to, not because you have problems or issues, but because you want to prevent issues to develop in your life, and you want to solve them. So establishing priorities, number one, it's about being proactive. If you do not set your priorities straight, then other people will be setting their priorities on you. So I want to talk about this chapter, and I love this chapter because here is a great man, an intelligent man who wants to do his best, who wants to serve God, who has a calling in his life, but his priorities are not set correctly, and even though he's doing so many good things, 
he's failing in certain ways. So God sends, you know, someone to speak into his life, and this is what happened. Exodus chapter 18, verse 13 to 18 says, The next day Moses took his seat to serve as a judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as a judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. You, are, you and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Let's, let's stop right there. So, priorities. I want to talk to you about my first priority. My first priority um, as a pastor is not to do the work of the ministry. My first priority as a pastor is to equip you so that you can do the work of the ministry. See what um, the Bible says if you uh, look at verse 18. Uh, Jethro was telling, Jethro comes and he finds that there's about almost 2.5 million Jews that Moses is leading and Moses, he is the only judge in Israel. So Moses gets up very early to work. And maybe 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, there's a line of people who wants to talk to him about their issues, their life. So Moses starts talking to them day and night, day and night, day and night. And all of a sudden, his um, father-in-law comes and sees what's happening and says, Moses, what is this that you are doing? I mean, there's... Almost 2.5 million people in Israel, and you are the only judge. You're going to kill yourself of tiredness, and people will also get tired with you. Can you imagine if you have a pastor, and you say, I want to talk to Pastor Moses because, you know, there's some questions I have about God and the Bible. And then you go where Moses is, and you say, I want to speak to Pastor Moses. Can I? Somebody comes to you and says, yeah, there's the line right there. And then you go and you stand in line and you say, by the way, how long do I have to wait before I talk to Pastor Moses? And somebody says, well, uh, the waiting period is between three to six months. Uh, and by the way, you can't leave your spot because if you leave the, your spot, you're going to lose it and you're going to have to wait three to six months more. So that's the way it was kind of working out. But this is what um, Jethro tells in verse 19. Uh, Jethro says, listen to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Notice how the Bible doesn't say you have to represent God before the people the Bible says you have to represent the people before God. Using, you know, the 80-20 rule, that means that a pastor has to spend 
80% of his time representing you before God and 20% speaking, you know, into your life. That is the job of a pastor. So Jethro is telling Moses, Moses, what you need to do is, number one, you need to spend more time in prayer. And that is the number one priority that I have. My number one priority as a pastor is prayer. God um, spoke to Moses, you know, through Jethro and said, what you need to do is you must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. When Pastor Henry and I, you know, get together and we pray, and sometimes, you know, he'll join us, we pray for your needs. During the week, um, and even right now, believe it or not, Sadie, I was remember your cousin from Mexico. And I still remember when I asked her if she had, you know, a prayer request, I still remember what she shared with me. And I was still praying this morning about her. Because I do my best not to forget your prayer requests when you share them with me. And the Bible says that Jethro told Moses, Jethro, you got to stand before the Lord, pray, spend time in prayer, bring the needs of the people before the Lord, bring their disputes before the Lord, pray for your people. That's the number one priority of a pastor. That is my number one priority. And I want to share with you a little routine, you know, that I have. And please don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to brag about myself. Uh, I'm, I'm a very imperfect human being. But several months ago, I set the goal that I was going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning every single day, Monday through Friday. Sometimes I have failed. Uh, sometimes uh, it's been really hard, very difficult. But I set it as a goal. Because I said, you know what, I got to start with my most important priority at the time where I have to do it. So I started setting up like two cell phones, you know, where I live. One of my cell phones has an alarm that is all the way in the restroom so that I have to get up, walk, you know, through the place where I live, turn it off. And there's an alarm that also gives you a mathematical equation. So if you don't resolve that equation, the alarm doesn't, get you, doesn't allow you to fall asleep again unless you break the phone. So I have been able to develop the habit of getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I spend time with God. I read the scripture. I go and run, you know, one mile or two miles, come back, take a shower, drink a glass of water. Because did you know that water uh, increases uh, the energy in your metabolism by 23%? Better than coffee. So I do all that routine, and at 7.30 in the morning or 8 o'clock, I'm going to my work. I show up at my work 30 minutes before I start. But I started to notice very good positive changes in my life. You know why? Because I was like my first priority is being taken care of. If I don't set my first priority in line, then I will be following other people's priorities on me. My priority as a pastor, and I want you to understand this, that the number one priority is of a pastor is, number one, to pray for you and bring your problems before God. Just like Jethro told Moses, you got to intercede before God for your people. So during the, during the week, uh, I'm praying before God, and I said, God, uh, I pray for this person whose father or mother is in the hospital right now. 
I pray for this person who said that he or she feels confused about this subject. I pray that you bring them clarity, that you speak into their lives. Lord, I also pray for this person who is sick. I pray for this person who did not show up to church on Sunday. Because believe it or not, we do pastors, we notice when you don't come to church on Sunday and we miss you. Lord God, I pray for this family that I only saw one time. I pray that you also bless them. 80% of the time of a pastor should be spent on prayer and 20% equipping the people to do the work of the ministry. So that is, that is the number one priority. By the way, one word that a pastor has to learn, and I think it will be good for you to learn, but it was hard for me to learn, is how to say no sometimes. You have to be able to say no sometimes when something is not your priority. If you keep saying yes to every single invitation, you're going to run out of time. You're not going to have time, you know, for a lot of things. I remember, you know, um, in my last church a few years ago, uh, I was in a church where I was hired by another big church to start another church. And God blessed us so much, you know, in one to two years, we went from seven people to 511 people in the church. And at some point, you know, the senior pastor of the church came to me and he said, Franklin, there's a church that is going to be closed in Compton. What should we do? Should we close it? And I said, no, no, I'll, I'll go. So at some point, I was pastoring two churches at the same time. At 10 a.m., I would go to Compton because nobody wanted to go there. And then at 1 p.m., you know, I was in my church. And I started to notice that on the weekends, a lot of parties. I was partying a lot on the weekends. Uh, Friday, I had an invitation for one or two birthdays. Saturday, I had an invitation for anniversary, like uh, an, uh, another birthday, you know, a quinceañera. You know, la Latinos celebrate a lot the fi 15th birthday, you know, in a young woman. Uh, then Sunday, I had another party, and I was just partying and partying and partying, and I was getting tired. I was doing all the work until I recognized that sometimes you have to say no because you have a priority. And the number one priority of a pastor is to represent you before God. That is the first priority. Second priority that I want to share with you is that a pastor's second priority is to teach. Look what the Bible says in verse 20 uh, of the same chapter that we're reading. It says, teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. So the word behave, I was looking for this word in the Hebrew Bible. Uh, it's, it's manigut. Um, I'm, pronouncing a he I'm pronouncing a Hebrew word with a Hispanic accent. Manigut. That word in Hebrew means behave, number one. Number two, in modern Hebrew means drive a car. Number three, uh, be a good leader and in, to encourage others to conduct themselves well. So this word has several meanings. And one of those meanings is teach the people how to be good leaders so that they can encourage other people. So basically, um, God is telling Moses, Moses, uh, teach them, number one, how to develop character uh, as a Christian 
so they obey my word, but at the same time teach them how to be leaders so that they can lead other people. The version that I'm using right now uses the word behave, but it comes from the same word, from the same root uh, Hebrew word that says behave, work, uh, drive a car, or know how to lead yourself so that you can encourage other people. So my, my second priority is uh, to teach, you know, the Word of God. Um, time functions like money in one way, and it doesn't function like money in another way. In one way, time is like money because you have to budget your time just like you budget your money. For example, if you want to buy a new car, you have to think about, okay, where am I going to get the money to pay for this car? You can, or maybe you shouldn't, just buy a car and not have a plan of how you're going to pay for that car, right? So where is the money going to come from, from the, for that car? Is it going to come from my savings? Is it going to come from my job? Is it going to come from my allowance? Is, is it going to come from my social security? Where is the money to pay for my car going to come from? That is the same way with your time. When you commit to something with your time, you have to think, okay, where is my time going to come from? Is it going to be taken from my family time? Is it going to be taken from my study time? Is it going to be taken from my rest time, or is it going to be taken from my church time? Last weekend, I was invited, you know, by a Mexican family uh, in my neighborhood uh, for a celebration. Their daughter, you know, was their 18th birthday, and they really wanted me to be there. So I went, and there were about 70 to 80 people. And some of you, obviously, you guys saw my video, you know, and my dancing skills on Facebook. Um, I party really hard for like an hour. And I was there, I was dancing, I was screaming, you know, everything, and talking to people. I was the only Christian, you know, in the party. And when, I, when the hour was over, I said, okay, I got to go. And they were following me, and they said, no, 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 why are you leaving right now? It's so early. We're just getting started. You were just here for an hour. What do you have to do that you have to leave early? It's so early. And I said, I got to go to church tomorrow. Um, if I don't rest, then I'm going to be falling asleep. I'm going to be tired. So I only have an hour. So time, in a way, it's like money. You have to budget your time so that you can comply with your priorities. Now, how is time not like money? Uh, a time is not like money in the sense that you can always make money by working more, working hard, becoming, you know, with better ideas. But you cannot always make time. Once your time is gone, it's gone forever. So I believe people, you know, when they say, oh, I don't have time to do it, I believe them because, uh, or, or, or when they say, oh, I, I can't make time for that, I believe them because nobody can make time. I can make time. The only one that can make time is God. What people are trying to tell you is that is not my priority, so I'm not going to set time, you know, to do that. But Time is very important. So teaching, you know, God's decrees, uh, teaching God's law, teaching people how to live their life, uh, this is the main job of somebody who leads a church. Uh, my number one, three priority, you know, as a pastor, verse 21, I want to read with you. Uh, Jethro tells Moses, 
But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy, men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. So the number three priority of a pastor is to appoint people to ministry. I approach you. I know Pastor Henry approaches you. A couple of leaders over here in the church will approach you because we see the potential that you have. But the main, one of the main priorities of a pastor is to connect you to a place where you can serve God. Because everybody is called to serve in the church. And I want to take you to another scripture uh, in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 6. Uh, this is a very famous scripture. I, I, I'm sure Pastor Henry knows the scripture really well. Um, Greeks. Uh, in the book of Acts, look at how interesting this is because the scripture says, Acts chapter 6, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic or the Jews, the Hebrews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 gathered, the 12 apostles, uh, all the disciples gathered and said, It will not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit of wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. So as you can see, the, the responsibility of, of a minister, of, of a pastor, an apostle is, number one, to share the word of God and to dedicate their lives to prayer. But the church... The sheep are the ones who multiply. You are the ones, you know, who invite your friends. You are the ones who, you know, you talk to people about God. You talk to people about church. Let me take you back to the book of Numbers. Uh, there's another interesting scripture that I want to read with you. So a leader can become so stressed to the point of desperation. Did you know that God was about to kill Moses one time? How many of you guys have heard that? Did you guys know that? Let's go to the book of Numbers, chapter 11. This is Moses speaking, and by the way, this is the prayer of a leader who is burnt out. Moses says, Numbers 11, verse 14, I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you are going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes and do not, do not let me face my own ruin. So Moses is saying, I cannot leave so many people by myself. So please, somebody kill me. I don't know if he was joking or he was being serious. But sometimes, you know, when you are a leader and you're carrying all the load on yourself... It can be a little stressful. We all need to be working together for the same kingdom, for the same church. And then the Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. 
I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the power of the Spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. So this is, this is very interesting because elders and deacons, they're chosen by the pastor. Other leaders, you know, can be chosen by the congregation. But from now on, when somebody approaches you from the church, I know Adam, Richard, Malathy, Pastor Henry, uh, maybe Hilda. Let's start praying for you to discover what is your place in the church. Because someday, Revelations chapter 3, last chapter of Daniel, 2 Corinthians. One day you are going to be sitting before judgment in the eyes of Christ. And you're going to give an account to God for your life. Now let me be clear uh, with this concept because Revelations chapter 3 talks about Christians being in a place of judgment before Christ. But God is not going to judge you for the sins that you committed before. Because you, were, you are already saved. You are already in heaven. But the seat of judgment in Christ is to reward you for the good things that you did on earth while you were alive. Because when we are in heaven, the Bible says that we all are going to have different leadership levels. We are going to serve in some capacity. Now, some people say, oh, no, when we go to heaven, uh, we're just going to be resting and sleeping and just, you know, uh, living in, in God's arms. And that's great. But remember, work is not a punishment. Work is actually a blessing. So we will be serving in heaven. But there's one question that Christ is going to ask you when you get to heaven. And it's going to be this question. What did you do on earth? With the body and the life that I gave you? Did you accomplish the mission that I have for you? Did you accomplish the purpose that I have for you on earth? Priorities. Um, those are my three priorities number one, prayer, number two, teaching, number three, appointing uh, leaders. And that's the uh, work of Pastor Henry as well. But there's another priority that I want to give you as a bonus today so that you can take it home. This is actually the first priority, but I just wanted to surprise you. So the first priority in your life has to be your spouse, your husband, and your wife. That is the main thing, priority. And I want to take you real quick to Exodus uh, chapter 18. Uh, verse uh, 2 and 3, um, I want you to notice that when Moses was going back to Egypt, Moses and his wife had a fight, you know, on their way to Egypt. So Moses sent his wife with Jethro, his father-in-law, because Moses didn't want her and the kids living with him anymore. And they had a fight. Um, what was the fight about? Um, chapter 18, verse 2 says, After Moses had sent away his wife, 
Zephyrah, his father-in-law, Jethro, received her and her two sons. So that is when, you know, Jethro received the wife. But at the end, in Exodus chapter 4, and I want to finish with this. Uh, Exodus chapter 4, verse 20 says, So Moses took his wife and sons and put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of the God in his hand. So they were going back to Egypt. Verse 24, at a lunging place on the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. So God was so desperate and so upset with Moses that God was about to kill him. But Sephora took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me, she said. So the Lord, listen to this. Let him alone. At that time, she said, bridegroom of blood, referring to the circumcision. So what was the fight about? God had told Moses, Moses, I want you to implement circumcision in Israel because this means salvation. But Moses didn't want to do that, so he didn't do that with his children. And God got so upset that God was about to kill him. And his wife jumped in between God and Moses, circumcised her sons. And that part of the skin put in, in Moses' feet. And, and if you notice, the scripture says that then God let Moses alone. I really believe that your first priority should be your husband and your wife. And with your husband and your wife come the rest of the priorities. If you're not married, then your priorities are your parents. But family comes first. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time. I pray, Lord God, that we will all think about priorities today and the rest of the week. Help us, Lord God, to establish our priorities so that we don't live somebody else's priorities. I pray that you speak today to everybody about what their priorities are and should be. Family, with God, church, work, whatever those priorities are, Lord God, I pray that they will honor you in Jesus' name. So we're going to sing one song.